You are listening to Troubadours and Tours with E.W. Conundrum Demure on Radio Free Brooklyn. Welcome to episode 334 of Troubadours and Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. This is the first episode of our 2019-2020 season, and we are excited about it. As is our tradition, we feature in the first episode of a new season our regular contributor, farmer, winemaker, and our resident philosopher, Almighty Todd. Todd and I have a grand conversation about yellow jackets, book jackets, suit jackets, and straight jackets, among other things. We also have an EWSA titled New England. We have a poem by the great Walt Whitman, O Captain, My Captain, and another poem by yours truly titled Kiss. And all of this, as is always the case, is infused, imbued with the wonderful energy of several great tunes. It's so nice to have you with us. Let's get to it. Episode 334 of Troubadours and Rock On Tours. Yep, 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 yep. Sha la la la, sha la 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 la, ba doom. Sha la la la, sha la 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 la, ba doom. Sha la la la, sha la 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 la, ba doom. Sha la la la, sha la 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 la. Yep, 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 yep. Boom, 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 boom. Did a job. Sha la la la, sha la 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 la. Every morning about this time she gets me out of my bed at five for a job. Sha la la la, sha la 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 la. After breakfast every day she throws a warning past my way. Never, never say. Well, when I get the papers, I read it through and through, and my girl never fails to say, if there is any work for me. Good job. 
get a job. New England. I had a dream last night, and it reminded me of a time when I was innocent and more selfish than I am today. It was sort of nice. The innocent part, at least. The selfish component, not so much. When you see these two aspects of human existence in tandem, it becomes clear how they overlap and feed each other. I was in my 20s, looking for love and understanding in New England, because in my sense of things, I deserved it. We all deserve it, I'm sure I also thought, but me, I am a bit more special. Then you find someone kind, beautiful, intelligent, and they really care about you. Perhaps they're driven by their own self-absorbed sense of the world and what it should afford them. But who knows? Maybe it is just you. This, of course, isn't a moment of insight and reflection that occurs then. After you mess it up, maybe, if you are lucky, so that you might live on, learned, in matters of love, want, and need, at least. So naive and self-indulgent. I did, though, enjoy the time I shared with that beautiful fellow lonely soul, seeking a home. Today, it reminds me of what to seek and cherish, what to nurture and to not take for granted. Less naive and less selfish, I suppose.
Almighty Todd. Is that you? Conundrum. Yes, that must be you. <laughs> it's so good to hear your voice, my friend. It's It's been a while, yes. Yeah, it's been about four months since you've been on Troubadours and Rock on Tours, our resident philosopher, farmer, winemaker up there in Stockbridge, Vermont. How's it going? Well, I guess I'm upright and I'm not institutionalized, so that's I got that going for me. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, a lot has transpired in four months. A lot transpires in a day, for sure. And uh, These days, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. He- heightened awareness, you know, I- of uh, can't help but... Uh, be uh, have the antenna up at all times which is good in some ways because it it lends to a certain amount of mindfulness if possible if 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 you're on that path but it also it can be exhausting yeah to be responsive yeah you know you mentioned a couple of things there that sometimes are um in conflict you know i mean you you want to be aware and you also want to be mindful uh you know that i the the notion of mindfulness in the context of like buddhism or taoism it, you know it it is although i'd have to say that it's actually i don't want to say it's being culturally appropriated but there's certainly a whole professional sector being built up around mindfulness that uh um, is not necessarily religious, and it's also not um, professional psychology, psychiatry. Um, just because I, I, I'm seeing it happen, I know some people that are doing that kind of work. Um, I, just, I find it interesting. Is it possibly, good? Possibly problematic in some in some ways because um, you know if you're doing it on your own and there's no, structurally there's no one checking on your own mindfulness. If you're teaching mindfulness to other people, uh, that can be problematic. But, uh, how how so? Well, just you know, it's I, I equate it to the same thing as, um, and I don't mean to offend anybody by like by like this, but uh, you know, in the evangelical community, basically, if you've read the Bible, or even if you haven't read the Bible, you can claim yourself to be a pastor and lead a flock, um, even though you may not have had any divinity training or ethical training uh, to how you handle groups and so you get these cultist type uh, conglomerations around somebody with a certain slant on things but isn't necessarily tethered so to speak so I, I you know the same thing can happen in in uh, other religious communities I mean there's this idea of Zen sickness when you, you take your practice too far that you actually detachment becomes a detachment from reality not just from detachment from things so uh and if that's something that you share with other people that maybe is not such a good thing yeah well put you know know, responsibility you know there's an ethical responsibility whenever you're engaging and helping other people you know along a path like that I, i i train and teach martial arts so i'm very cognizant of um the role that i play in that relationship and how much responsibility I take and how much responsibility the the person I'm working with needs to take for what's happening. Yeah, you, uh, for those who don't know, uh, you 
teach in the vein and uh, I guess learn in the vein of a, a keto. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I find it a useful practice on a lot of levels. Yeah, well, you like to go out there and kick people's asses with it, right? Uh, no, I mean, that, when people ask, like, you've been training for how long? You must be able to kick ass. I'm like, I don't know, but I know I can take a pretty good beating. <laughs> Somebody's more likely to get tired out before they <laughs> give up. Is that is, is that your strategy? Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's not a bad one, I guess. I mean, it sounds it sounds Gandhi-esque or you know, MLK-esque in a way. At least that would be the goal, you know, that nobody gets hurt, but. Yeah, I, everybody's got a, a a breaking point. Even my teacher said, "Geez, you know, if somebody would jump me in an alley, I wouldn't be worried too much about their <laughs> their safety." <laughs> no, no, and and you know, I I gave a, a, you a list of things that I wanted to address, and you're hitting on them already. I mean, oh, sorry, getting ahead of you. Sorry. No, 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 <laughs> no. There's no real plan to our oh, okay. conversation, really. Um, as you mentioned, the word tethered, we want to be tethered a bit ourselves to something. Otherwise, you know, it'll be just... Oh, yeah. If you and I get talking, they'll they'll run out of airtime. Yeah. Yeah, you, you have other stuff to do. You've got some good music. you got some essays, some poetry, I'm sure. Yeah. Thank you. You get me, man. You get me. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep my slot. <laughs> <laughs> and... So, well, you have it. You've been one, you're one of the old, you know the longest running contributors to the show, and, and that's for a reason because you're good. Now, you you wanted to talk about, and I, I don't know what you mean by these uh, several words that you you've strung together. So I'm curious. You you texted me these words: yellow jackets, book jackets, suit jackets, and straight jackets. Yep. It was kind of a free association, but at the same time, there are some mundane thoughts that have been rolling around, um, and they they had kind of all coalesced in the last several days. Um, the Yellow Jackets is a public service announcement uh, because uh, Saturday afternoon, I was up uh, up on Lake Champlain. My brother was getting married on Sunday, and I was doing some cleanup behind our place some limbs had fallen out of a tree and I threw them into this low spot in the woods where uh, I have been throwing stuff for years. And I stopped for a second to look down across the road. There's a church across the way and there was somebody, <clears throat> it was later in the afternoon, there was somebody pulling in to go into the church, which is not a normal time of day. And so I just was regarding it. I was trying to be mindful of the moment when all of a sudden uh, I was surrounded by yellow jackets. So I had obviously thrown something into an area where they were living. And uh, so I, I knew enough to get the hell out of there, but I got whacked two times on one of my on my right arm. Um, and last summer I had an incident where I stepped on a nest out in the vineyard and got whacked several times on my right leg, right lower leg. And uh, I ended up having to go to the hospital. Mm, well. Because I, you know, I popped a bunch of Benadryl and Advil right away. Got it on ice. I knew to take care of it. And uh, Andrea was watching me because she was home. She was about to go to the studio. She said, "I'll hang out for a little while." And it was not fifteen twenty, fifteen twenty, but more like half an hour, forty-five minutes later. All of a sudden, she's like, "Your ears are looking really red." I said, "Yeah, my lips are feeling a little bit swollen." And then next second, I just broke out in hives everywhere. Wow! And she's like, "Okay, we're going to the hospital." Where they proceeded to keep an eye on me and hit me with some prednisone, 
which is a, a steroid, basically, and uh, kept it at bay. But I was, it was, you know, a two-week, you know, healing process of that swelling going down and uh, the inflammation going away. So, anyways, the the point is that uh, you know I'm I'm developing a sensitivity to the yellow jacket venom. I may actually go through. There's a desensitivity uh, process that you can go through, taking small doses, and it helps reduce the chance of a a bad um, response. But there was a guy that lived up on the top of the hill behind us about five years ago who died. Um, wow. He ran over a nest and took a lot of hits. Yellow jackets are, yellow jackets are responsible for uh, a couple hundred deaths a year um, because they do live in the ground. It's easy to step on them and all of a sudden be getting hit. They can sting you multiple times, unlike a bee who only has got one shot at you. And the their, their venom is pretty potent. And uh, the you can go in into, into anaphylactic shock. So um, it's it's something to be concerned about, especially because up at the the wedding this weekend, right behind where they were going to have the arbor, there was this willow tree down by the lake, and the day before the wedding, they found that there was this massive yellow jacket nest <laughs> underneath it. So we had to rope the whole thing off so that nobody would go go in there. Um, but the day that I went to the hospital last year, there was already somebody there had been stung. The next three people into the ER had all been stung. It was about two weeks from now last year. Because this is the time of the year when the nests are, are the biggest. They have the most population in them. Um, and the days are getting shorter. So they're getting a little bit – their food sources are diminishing. They start getting a more aggressive. If you kill a – a yellow jacket it emits a pheromone that tells everybody else where you are and what you did mm-hmm. and they will come after you so within 15 feet of the nest you're in bad trouble so run if you get hit by them but the point is, is this time of year is is specifically bad so it's worth being aware and paying attention if you do see a nest don't mess with it you know it's going to be gone in a couple of weeks or if it does have to be eradicated you got to do it right. Can't do it with fire or water. It's got to be done with pesticide, or you might even want to call in a pro. So, anyways, this time of year, don't mess with the yellow jackets because they're for good real. advice. Yes. Good advice. Up there in Vermont, too, man. It's it's a little bit more wild, maybe, than many other places that uh, are listening. Well, maybe not. We well, have no. a lot of listeners yeah. in rural areas. Yeah, and you know, I the first bad experience I had was actually when I was at Binghamton going to school. And uh, the director of orientation was going to be away for a couple of weeks. This time of year, school is back in session. Orientation was done, but he asked me if I would keep track of his cats and, uh, and mow the lawn. And I mowed over a nest there. And it was just in the suburb um, and got whacked a few times in the leg. Man, you got a thing with yellow jackets. I know. I know. Well, yeah. I, I somehow not, I have to work on my mindfulness about keeping keeping an eye out for them. So uh, okay, so we, I know you got to keep moving here. So book jackets. I was just thinking about how you know I heard you know kids going to school were being uh, doled out iPads for their studies and learning. And I was thinking back to when we were in school and when you got your school books this time of year, it was like this important thing you did that you 
um, you you built you cover them. You covered them. You know that was one of the things you did. You were expected to cut up a paper bag, and there was a method to doing it, and taping it on so that you would protect your book because right. it wasn't just your book. It was the kid's book from last year, and it was going to be the kid's book from next year, likely. So you had to protect it. This was an important, um, you know, learning tool. Uh, and now, and the book cost how much back then? Who knows? Uh, not nearly as not much. Not nearly as, as much as an iPad. Right. And I wonder if you know, if kids were made to build their own iPad sleeves these days, if they would maybe think differently about their interaction with that piece of equipment. Well, that's a good point, and I, I like to add too. I, I just took my kids out. We got a list of uh, what you needed for class uh, the first day. Uh, emailed to us and and uh, book covers. So you, now you don't even make your own book covers, as you just mentioned. We used to do, and it, it is a craft that you learn with a brown paper bag or maybe some the funnies from the Sunday newspaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now you go and you buy them; they're pre-made, and you just slide them on. Oh, you know, geez, what fun is that? Exactly, exactly, and it's expensive too. You know, it's like six, seven bucks a book. Really? Jacket? Does yeah. any does anybody do it the old-fashioned way? Not that I've seen, no. Not that I've, and I, you know, try to talk to your kids about, no, let's do it. No, no, everybody will laugh at us. You got to do it. You got to get this sort, <laughs> this kind, with this design. You know, everything is designer and fitting in. And well, because I mean, that was part of putting the brown paper bag on, is then you kind of did your own designs on it. Right. Right. Exactly. So now we go to suit jackets. How do you get to suit jackets? Uh, suit jackets. I've been thinking about because I had to. I. I was going to go to the wedding and I said, Hey, is this, what kind of, do I need to wear my tux with the deal? What's the deal? And they said, no, it's casual. Wear whatever you want. So it was casual, but my brother did wear a suit. Uh, he and his, uh, fiance dressed up. She didn't wear a traditional wedding dress, but she wore a nice dress. So they were really, they outclassed us all. But I was thinking more about the, the traditional suit because it does seem to be somewhat in decline or where suits are worn. They're not, normal traditional there let me take that back there are a lot of traditional suits out there that basically came around after world war ii it was a uh, suits have always been like something that a gentleman wore it was a way to show that you were above the the fray or the the riffraff um, you had a little class it was a class it was a class Status. thing yes exactly um and after world war ii is when it really started to become mainstream um as a, a, a kind of a status or a cultural symbol. And, you know, it fully impermeated biz- the business world. And, but I think it's fraying at the edges to make a pun. Um, these days, companies have their casual days where people don't have to wear a suit and tie. So I, I found that the suit, which used to be kind of a, a marker of classiness or sophistication in a lot of cases now is a mask of class or sophistication that covers up, you know, maybe less than classy or even boorish uh, people behind it. And I can think of a few uh, that are often in the news wearing bad suits that, uh, (laughs) that, uh, you know, ill fat old 45, I'm thinking. suits that do nothing to hide the the uh, 
blubbering buffoonery. Whatever, yeah. I, there's so many adjectives. That you, but, <laughs> but something less. Something less. So it's really just, it's, a, it's used as a shield or a cover-up more than uh, an actual adornment. So anyways, I, I mean, I don't wear a suit unless I have to. You know, weddings, funerals, and business meetings, and that's, that's it. Yeah, you know, I, I. But you're I you're go- a professor, you know, so you. I don't know. I was going to ask you about that. If you wear a, you, you probably don't wear a suit, but you probably still wear a jacket. Yeah, I usually do in a tie. Some days, some days, you know, uh, when the weather's warm, I wear shorts, you know, and a, and a button down or what have you. Bermuda shorts and a suit jacket. I've done that, you know, Angus Young ish, <laughs> right? <laughs> From ACDC for you yeah. folks out there. That uh, don't know the reference, yeah. I I think it's it's fun to to dress up and it, and it uh, it's an artistic, uh, creative endeavor. You know, a way to to uh, exercise your personal sense of style. Also, it's a way to res- be respectful in certain scenarios. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're invited to a particular type of gathering, you want to show respect by by uh, you know. Uh, Presenting yourself in, in in a way that looks like you 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 made an effort that you care. Yeah, you belong there. Right, right, and I think even people look at you differently when you are dressed uh, in a, in a in a stylish, dapper way. Or you yeah, or in the suit. That's but that's what I mean. Is like you know the uh, the smarmy used car salesman. Would you pay attention to him the same way you do when he's in a suit if he was in? You know, ripped up jeans and a dirty T-shirt. Probably not. But as you mentioned, you know, the the stink still comes through with a person that is is smarmy or you know, the suit can't can't cover it, can't, it up. It can't cover it up, but it, I think it still does inflect the perception, or it you know yeah. deflects certain uh, perception, you know, abilities to perceive things. It it, it, I, it commands I, yeah. a certain amount of respect, even from somebody who deserves no respect. So should we look through the suit, not wear yeah. the suit, bring yep. back the suit? What, the empty, what we that's, that's the empty suit. Yeah, knowing you're looking at an empty suit. The emperor without any clothes. Is that the same thing? Uh, I think it basically is. Yeah. And, and then you, you wanted to talk about, and we kind of have been alluding to a certain individual uh, that uh, this pertains to, this person probably needs one straight jackets that that was totally my the the free association that i got to i was like there was three jackets wasn't enough you asked me for some things so and i was like yeah that's what we need right now but it turns out that uh straight jackets are uh even though you know one flew over the cuckoo's nest you know they had them there and you could see how they were utilized in uh mental institutions keezy ken keezy reference all right and uh, but they don't use them there anymore because they found that that's really not a, an appropriate way to handle folks with mental illness. But they are still used in custodial arrangements, like in prisons and jails, uh, probably with people who have mental health disorders. Um, but there's, from what I got, I've, I had to read up on it a little bit. I was like, you know, why did that come to mind? I looked. There is a company that still makes them, but they only sell about a hundred a year. So they're in a real niche market. Oh my god, a hundred years. Yeah, there's. I think there's a. I saw that, and on Amazon, there's a costume straight jacket that you can get. So they probably sell more of those than the real ones. Well, Halloween's not too far off. So, uh, so 
straight jackets, suit jackets, book jackets, yellow jackets, and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Uh, and we mentioned the cuckoo, uh, the cuckoo in charge. Uh, how about a little Alabama and fake news? Oh, it's, it, it just doesn't end. What, <laughs> what, what hill in Alabama are we dying on here? I hope. Uh, he's, he's quintupling down on – it's turning a gaff into a guffaw. Basically, I'm assuming you've seen all of the the memes going around the internet today of uh, fixing things with sharpies. Yeah, yeah, and that's alluding to the the diagram that I guess probably came from a legitimate organization, and and it wasn't fitting his story, so they got a sharpie and extended the storm uh, where it's tracking, and so it's they, Alabama, and, and, and they just sharpied. Yeah, they just extended it. It's hilarious. If it weren't so like disrespectful to folks who are truly dealing with with these problems and trying to put the right, right information out there so that people right. know what to do, right. And uh, yeah, so that's it's just stupid and dangerous. It's just an opportunity to be hyperbolic and exaggerative. That's and that's to include his point. base, perhaps too. No, like, I don't yeah. know. That's just the modus operandi. Yeah, I have to be right. I have because... to be right about this because as soon as he's not right about something, then he gets to be questioned by even his base. Yeah, and and also, you know, his narcissistic world will fall apart. Exactly, and that can't be, and that that's that, that he won't that can't be allowed. You know, well, that and that's hurt. why the you know it is a, a pathological state at this point, and the fact that the other powers that be haven't found a way to rein it in does you know prove to me that there there are additional uh, guardrails that need to be put into the the checks and balances of the process because. This has gone on far too long, and 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 far too far. You know, I mean, yeah. it's it's we for for so many years we just trusted that uh, an individual and other you know individuals in the higher uh, echelons of power wouldn't cross certain lines. It was just a matter of trust. Well, you know, it, was, it, it was it was a trust in that they would have moral and ethical boundaries exactly. that they would adhere to, that any human being should consider adhering to. We have to fit, we have to learn from this. Hopefully, it doesn't. It's not our demise. No, but I don't think it will be. No, but we we'll, have to we'll learn that there have it. to be lessons, and there has to be kind of a reconciliation. Um, because I, there are a lot of people that have been duped by this, and they can't let go of it. Um, and it's going to be really painful for them on the other side of this. I think if if we get past it into a, into into a more stable state of affairs. It's going yeah, it's, it's to be hard for a bunch of people to realize like that, the, they, that they've been conned. You are listening to Troubadours and Tours with E.W. Conundrum Demure on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah, it, and it, you know, you say reconciliation, and I'll add to that something, a phrase that Nelson Mandela threw out with his folks after apartheid was ended, and he took the reins of South Africa, truth and reconciliation. Yes, truth. truth and reconciliation, exactly. We need that. You're right. If we're going to grow, if we're going to learn, if we're going to be healthy as a people, as a society. Talking to Almighty Todd here on Troubadours and Rock On Tours, and man, we're, we only have a few minutes left already. Uh, the conversation is, is coming to a close this go-round. Um, you picked the direction then. Well, you know, the I have a couple. Well, thank you. Captain, my captain, is that that's a little uh, uh, Whitman, isn't it? Oh, captain, captain my, my captain. captain. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think that's to Lincoln. 
he wrote that, uh, Abraham Lincoln. Uh, anyhow, uh, I have on my list Chi, Perception, The Right Way, The Noble Eightfold Path, and Autumn. Ooh. You grab whatever you like to grab. Ooh, wow. That's a lot. Um, the Right Way, I was, un- I was wondering what exactly you meant by that. As in, like the right way to get things done, or uh, well, in the context, in the context of of uh, Buddhism, really, the right way is a, is a phrase that I've come across uh, very very often when I'm when I'm reading certain uh, Buddhist teachings. Uh, lately, I've been reading some Thich Nhat Hanh and the Vietnamese Buddhist, mm-hmm. and uh, he he mentions the right way, the right view, right thinking, all of that uh, is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, yes. And that's, that goes right. That's, you're talking about the eightfold path when you're talking about right. And I actually, I've heard other people refer to it as correct view or correct resolve. Um, this is just something that I'm working on myself recently is that, uh, the word right is loaded in the political sense. Every time we refer to the alt-right or the far-right, when you use the word right, you're implicitly infirming correctness. And I'm past the point where I'm going to allow myself on a regular basis to use that. So from now on, I refer to that side of the political spectrum as radical regressives. I like it. Because framing, framing is really important. And... Uh, with this person in charge, he tends to be able to set the framing and everyone's trying to play catch up and they try to argue inside those frames and that's a bad that's a bad dynamic. So that said, for the sake of this conversation, right view, right resolve, right speech, right conduct, these are kind of moral obligations not just for society, but for the development of a human being and really taking in a way, these are like the, these are like the, the Buddhist eight commandments as the 10 commandments are to um, Christianity. These are rules that if you follow them at the very least, you will not be sowing discord in your own life and the life of people around you that cause stress and problems and friction when we're trying to find a uh, progressive, positive way through life that doesn't aid the forces of destruction in the world. And so, you know, the same way you can look at how many of the Ten Commandments as uh, our friend in charge uh, violated. If you look at the the eight divisions, how many of those are not adhered to on a daily basis? Because these are just kind of basic building blocks of wisdom. Do you know what they are, the eight? Can you can you rattle them off? I I, I pulled them up because I knew like seven of them, and I was like, what the heck's the other? Because I'm not I mean, I'm not a Buddhist, but I've put time in the past into studying it, so it's, a, it's it was very good to, for me to go back and read through them, but. Right view is 
seeing ourselves in the world and realize that our action our actions have consequences. And so we don't exist in a vacuum. It's not all about us. The right resolve or right intention is kind of taking up a religious path and reducing our attachments to the world, you know, kind of home life uh, and uh, moving us towards a place of kindness such that we understand that the world is is unfolding and we are p- part of the opening of life, not the closing down of it. That's my sense. Right? Speech is don't say stupid stuff. N- don't be rude. Don't lie. Don't gossip. So, so far of the, of the three, we've already, we're, we're striking out with uh, our current administration. Right conduct or action. No killing or causing injury. No taking what is not given to you. No overt sexual acts and re- relieving oneself of material desires. Okay, there's four that are out. Right livelihood. Basically, only take up the space that you need to. They talk about it in terms of, you know, just beg in order to feed yourself. You don't need to do anything else. That may be a little extreme, but the idea is don't consume or accumulate more resources than you need for your own sustenance. And that's a big problem. You know, that, that's our 1% problem these days where people are assuming vast amounts of wealth that are beyond their ability to spend in any useful way. Except that it's not beyond their ability. They're just choosing not to spend it in a useful way that goes back to feeding the progression of human civilization. So that's a problem. I mean, that's, that's another problem with this guy. Right effort is basically try, trying to keep yourself in a place where you don't allow your unwholesome states of being to take over your decision-making or to lead your your life, but that you do it from a place of, of quietude and a place of righteousness. Um, I don't know. I think there are people that are deceived into thinking that their righteousness makes it right, but don't necessarily see the unwholesomeness of their actions. Then they start getting a little more abstract, which is right mindfulness, which is really um, trying not to be absent-minded ever, trying to be in the moment and be aware of what is going on. Now, see, this is where I can kick myself for, you know, looking across the street at that church and watching the person drive in and, and not immediately knowing that the yellow jackets were coming in on me. But I was enough in the moment that I wasn't still standing there. I didn't get bit, you know, stung 17 times. I only got two because I got the hell out of there. So I'm going to give myself a little bit of credit there. Even though I was starting to drift off, I wasn't so far away that I couldn't save myself from a bad situation. That's the problem these days with people reading their cell phone, crossing the street when the light's not there and getting whacked by a car. You know, that's, you know, being able to be, being, allowing ourselves to be drawn into a place where we're no longer in the world and paying attention to what's going on around us. You want to avoid that. 
And then the last one is is right uh, samadhi, which is the is your meditation practice, and moving through your, the the various levels of meditation practice to achieve higher levels of being, which <clears throat> that's maybe the hardest one because you got to sit down to do it or stay in one place to do it, and the, the different strains of Buddhism kind of interpret what that part of the path is or how you should approach it. But what it does mean is that you should sit, you should meditate at least a little bit. And we're at a point now where, thankfully, I I know that even in schools, they're teaching kids uh, at a young age how to sit down, take a deep deep breath, and take stock of what they feel like and where they're at. I know that there are certain religious factions in the Christian world that that are terrified of this and of yoga and anything that gives people insight into their own selves because they don't they'd rather an external authority decide what that is but i think that that's a great thing for uh people in general to learn and the younger the better that there is a meta awareness that you can have that we d- when you get caught up in your emotions that there should be a, an outlet valve where you can step back and say whoa what's going on here why am i getting so excited because that Excellent. that's a huge that's a huge part of being a full human being is having the ability to see ourselves in in the world and not just ride our either emotional waves or our mental cycles because neither Excellent. neither of them is is really us it's not really us no almighty todd uh, that, uh, that's a wonderful place to, to uh, pause our conversation until next time. Up in Stockbridge, Vermont, uh, Almighty Todd, our resident philosopher here on Troubadours and Rock on Tours. Thank you so much, my friend. I look forward to talking with you again soon. Take care of yourself, my brother. i talk to you again soon. Ciao. Ciao. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, we have something special down here at Birdland this evening, a recording a Blue Note Records. Nevertheless, you gots to get down Fantasy freak through the beat so unique You move your feet 
and sweat from the heat. Back to the fact I'm the Mac and I know that. The way I keep the rhyme, someone call me a poet. Poem steady flowing, growing, showing sights and sound. Caught in the groove, invitation I'm found. Many tripped and tore upon the rhymes they saw to an infinite height. To the realm of the hardcore. Here we go, off I take ya. Dip trip, the Fantasia. Captain, my Captain by Walt Whitman. O Captain, my Captain, our fearful trip is done. The ship has weathered every rack, the prize we sought is won. The port is near, the bells I hear, the people all exulting. While follow eyes the steady keel, the vessel grim and daring. But O heart, 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 O the bleeding drops of red, where on the deck my captain lies, fallen cold and dead. O captain, my captain, rise up and hear the bells. Rise up, for you the flag is flung, for you the bugle trills, for you bouquets and ribbon wreaths, for you the shores a-crowding. For you they call the swaying mass, their eager faces turning. Here, Captain, dear father, this arm beneath your head, it is some dream that on the deck you've fallen cold and dead. My captain does not answer, his lips are pale and still. My father does not feel my arm, he has no pulse nor will. The ship is anchored safe and sound, its voyage closed and done. From fearful trip, the victor ship comes in with object one. Exult, O shores, and ring, O bells. But I, with mournful tread, walk the deck my captain lies, fallen, cold, and dead. Caballero, 
Ay, acá vendrá Guatuzzi. Ese mulato que mide siete pies y pesa 169 libras. Y cuando ese mulato llega a su lugar, todo el mundo dice, a correr, que ahí llegó Guatuzzi, el hombre más guapo de la barra. Guatuzzi, Guatuzzi. ¿Qué quiere? Oye, me dicen que tú eres guapo. A mí, todo me tiene miedo. Me diga que a ti te tiene miedo porque yo sí que me bajo con cualquiera. Más grande que yo no hay ninguno. Ah, 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 vamos a bajarlo. Cuando quieras. Nos bajamos, guatón. Ah. Nos bebemos la sangre aquí ahora mismo. ¿Qué es lo que pasa? Nada. Saca lo que tengo encima que yo no te tengo miedo a ti. Palo nada más. Todo el mundo te tiene miedo en la vara, caballero, pero yo. Siete no, pies no. tengo yo. A mí no me importa que tú tengas siete pies. ¿Qué es lo que pasa? ¿Qué es lo que pasa, guatón? Dime. No, porque yo de los guapos me río. Como se me río en la cara, guapo. A correr. Bien. Nos bajamos. Nos bajamos. soft-edged like silk flower grazes my lips as I bend down to find the pen that fell out of my pocket, an unexpected kiss on an early September afternoon. Thank you. 
And there you have it, episode 334 of Troubadours and Rock on Tours, with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure, the kickoff of our 2019-2020 season. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, our regular contributor and resident philosopher, Almighty Todd. I'd like to thank our associate producer, Dr. Michael Pavis, writer Pauline Kale, poet Walt Whitman, and these musical artists, Mills Brothers, Magnetic Fields, US3, Ray Barreto, Prince, Django Reinhardt, Stefan Grappelli, Branford Marsalis, and of course, Terrence Blanchard, too. Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, let's give it a go and try to enjoy this one. Take care.
Yep, 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 boom. Sha-la-la-la, sha-la-la-la-la, ba-doom. Sha-la-la-la, sha-la-la-la-la, ba-doom. Sha-la-la-la, sha-la-la-la.